I'm Emily. I'm a mama of three and a nurse by trade. I love women's health and empowering mamas to be their best selves. Kick ass moms. Join me every Tuesday on my podcast, Otterly Mama, as I share stories, tips, and tricks that I've learned along the way and bring in experts to get us through the lows and celebrate our highs. Let me support you through this mama roller coaster ride. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. So on today's episode, I have Gina. She is an incredible mama of four kids. She stays at home with them. She homeschools. She does everything. And needless to say, she is super busy. So welcome to Otterly Mama, Gina. Hello. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I think you stummed it up pretty good. (laughs) Uh Well, I mean, you and I know each other from back Mm -hmm. in Binghamton and working in the um, developmental delay field. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but since then, I've just been home with the kids and raising them and building a family and a small army (laughs) to call my own. So I'm married and living in Illinois, you know, just being a mom. Oh, you know, just just changing the world one baby at a time. That's the goal. (laughs) Um. So what is your favorite part about being a mom? Watching them, you know, just, they're amazing. They are. They drive you nuts. They do these absolutely amazing things that you just, you never consider possible in such little tiny bodies. And just watching all of that. And I do a lot of that. I just sit back and watch them. I watch them when they're angry. I watch them when they're sad. I watch them when they're really enjoying themselves. And that's probably just my most favorite part about it. You just, you don't know who you're getting. And when you just watch them, you see some really amazing things. And that's, that's gotta be my most, my most favorite part about it. Yeah. Seeing all those emotions, those highs and lows, and just some thinking about different things. And yeah, that's insane. They're just, they're just powerhouses. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Powerhouses that you have nurtured and grown. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I've had a part in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. A huge part in it. Yeah. So Gina had this rare experience that she basically had her home snatched away from her, her first family home. And so I wanted to bring her on the show today just to talk about, and it's, it's pretty raw still for you, right? Yeah. Um, I try not to let it be, but I don't know. I the whole thing just yeah, it just it just feels like I've been victimized and I hate being a victim. But yeah, yeah whenever I think about it, it's just it's terrible. Yeah. So this might also be a little bit healing for you too, maybe to talk about it with Yeah. I mean, we're not we're not strangers, but we haven't yes. really connected in a long time, so yeah, kind of might be a little therapeutic to to get it out and and also let other moms kind of learn from what happened with you, even though it doesn't really sound like it was preventable or from what I know of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't believe I could have prevented any of it at all. Not at least with the knowledge that I had. Like, had, had I known about it beforehand obviously then I would have I would have tried to do things differently or not put myself in the the situation 
but then I mean, how are we living if we're never just if we're just avoiding all situations in case there might be something bad that comes out of it? So, right, yeah. So, Gina, do you mind just starting, just kind of telling us about like your first family home? Yep. So when I met my husband, uh, we decided to start a family before we got married, and from mm-hmm. that. I was living in just a very small one-bedroom apartment. From that, we had decided that we were going to go ahead and try and buy a house. And we got a small two-bedroom Cape Cod mm-hmm. in New York. And it was, it was a nice little area. It was a great neighborhood. Yeah. You know, we went in. We did some decorating. We just enjoyed being homeowners. Yeah. I mean, it's your first home. So you're going to do all the things. Yep. You were there for how long? For around, let me see, for three years. Three years? Okay. Yeah. So so you're living happily for three years. And then then what happened? The year that all this happened then, there was this cascade of events. And Mm -hmm. we were doing really good. Like we had gotten ourselves to a point where we get to the next paycheck and have all our bills paid and feed Mm -hmm. ourselves. And, you know, we were doing really good and everything was getting paid on time. And then all of a sudden we didn't have any money in our account. So what happened was my husband's work stuff had gotten hacked and they'd gotten into our bank account and they took all our money and we couldn't pay our mortgage. So we called them and we said, listen, we can't pay this. It's going to be like 16 days late, which would have put us just a day past the grace period. Yeah. And they said, that's fine. You might, you might get a late fee and we'll just note the account. So we paid it when we said that we were supposed to. And then this was like in May, April. Mm -hmm. And then in September was my husband's birthday. We got a foreclosure notice. Oh my gosh. And I thought it was for that that one payment. But when I look back on the records, it wasn't for that. The foreclosure notice had stated some sort of delinquency. It stated one month delinquency, but it wasn't for that month. Interesting. And that we now needed to pay the full note on the house, which is $76,000. Whoa. In order to stop it. Yeah. There's Uh nothing that we could do. Uh, We, we went through like several steps. We went through something called recovery. Yeah. And that's basically asking them to show us everything about our account, all of our payments, any phone calls we've had with them, all contacts, anything that they've sent to us. Yeah. You know, and this was, this was with Wells Fargo. Okay. And they would continually not give us that information. So we would just keep going over and over again, which kind of set the foreclosure back. It, kind of reset it each time we did it, which was also another reason why we were doing that. Yeah. To kind of buy you some more time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we went to HUD. Yeah. As we were advised to do and they couldn't help us. We went to lawyers. We found one lawyer in the state who said, you know, I can work the case for you. I need 10,000 down and 300 an hour. (laughs) And you know, that's, I guess maybe fine for people who aren't paying a mortgage, but this whole time we were actually still paying the mortgage, even in foreclosure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then he added, but I won't win. Huh? Yeah. 
uh, we went to politicians, we went to the governor, we went to the attorney general of New York, and no one could help us. Then they were saying, oh, we don't, we don't help with Wells Fargo. Huh. We can't, we can't help with this situation. So they were just basically untouchable? Yeah, like there was nothing we could do. And I finally talked to one lawyer who mm-hmm. said the reason why is because Wells Fargo is too big. Hmm. Yeah, and so like he said the reason why is because you can't win. You can't win against it. Because they just have like too much money and too much power to fight yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, they're just way too big. And the thing is, is that we didn't go through Wells Fargo for our mortgage. We yeah. went through a loan broker, and yeah. from the loan broker, they after a few months, you I don't know if you if you've owned a home or not, but mm-hmm. after a few months, you might get a letter that would say uh, your loan is being transferred. Oh wow! Yeah, and then it kind of transfers hand, and this is a common thing that happens in banks is it transfers hands a lot, sure. which mm-hmm. I think is a messy thing because you have to transfer deeds and. Yeah. All these, you know, you have to transfer all this stuff. And at some point you don't have that. Hmm. When I, we were asking them for recovery, we were asking them to present that they had the deed to our house. Yeah. They weren't, they never, they never gave us any of that information. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it kind of gets, it gets really messy. Basically what happens is when you use a bank or mortgage company or someone who will do this transferring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll often do it through something called MERS, which is the Mortgage Electronic Registration System. Uh-huh. And what that is, is uh, it's a system that keeps track of transfers and modifications to servicing rates and ownerships of loans. Mm-hmm. So every time it transfers, it's it's a record of this happening. Hmm. They're supposed to be transferring with them the deeds and your notes and everything like that. Yeah. But it gets lost. I mean, like I said, it gets lost. It, at some point, this doesn't happen. And basically what it does is it parts your loan into shares and basically puts it up on the stock market hmm. where other banks can come in and they can grab up the shares. Hmm. What we discovered was that Wells Fargo had only about 20% of our note but was oh. asking for us to pay the full amount to them. Interesting. And then on top of that, if they foreclosed, they would collect foreclosure insurance. They would be able to write the house off. Wow. So like, it was beneficial to them. They have 20% of your house. They're going to sell your house. They're going to collect foreclosure insurance, and they're going to write it off in their taxes. Hmm. So they're going to end up getting big on this. And that's that's where the whole fraud thing comes into it. But to them, it's like, that's like small change, like a $75,000 house. Like that's, that's nothing to a huge company like that. Like, why are they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's just not a big deal. And then on top of that, none of this goes through your county records because it goes through MERS. Like MERS was built to avoid that so that you're not having to constantly record it with your county records or uh, pay the fees to do that. Hmm. Yeah. So when you try to fight it, you've got minimal uh, recourse, basically, yeah. as as just the homeowner who's going along in life thinking you're doing everything right. And that's mm-hmm. probably where it hits me. It's like, I was doing everything right. Yeah. And then I still got my house taken away from me. 
Yeah. So like you said that you paid it 16 days late once because your husband's identity was stolen. Yeah. Like that's legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a really crappy year. Cause we went through that. And then yeah. uh, the bank that we had, he had a lot of our bills get directly taken out of his paycheck mm-hmm. and, and our car was on that also. So like the money would go directly into the bank that would pay the car. Yeah. And we didn't know that that didn't happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And they came to take our car one day and. Oh my goodness. So we called the bank. We're like, yo, what's up? Like we have this automatically set up to do this. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we tried to call you. And basically what they were calling is they weren't calling his home phone number, the local phone number. They're calling the 800 number to his job, which was a trunk line. Oh my goodness. So it never got through to him. And so we never knew the you know, our mistake in that was not checking to make sure that that system was working the way it should, but it had been. So, mm-hmm. the, so the car got taken away and getting that back cost us the rest of everything that we had been saving. Cause yeah. you know, the car went like three miles down the road to impoundment and we had to pay like $3,000 to oh get goodness. it out. Yeah. You know, it is like, it's like that these are ways that sometimes the system really doesn't work for, you know, those of us, who are really working hard. Yeah. You know, like they just knock you down when you, yeah. when you, when you get up there. So definitely. And so at this time, how many kiddos did you have? We had two, two. Yep. Um, that year I suffered two miscarriages. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And my husband had a cardiac episode. Oh boy. And then at the end of the year, my second child, Dasha, had fallen off the side of her basement stairs. Mm-hmm. She was two, and she was walking pretty well, and I had let her go down by herself while I was doing laundry, and mm-hmm. she broke her collarbone. Mm-hmm. And we took her to the hospital, and from like there, we ended up getting a CPS case on us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because you took her to the hospital because she had a broken collarbone. Oh, yeah. my yeah. goodness. So always look for a walk-in orthopedic <laughs> when that happens because the ER mandatory reporters and they kind of jump yeah. the gun, I think. Yeah. Wow. So that was, oh, that was my entire goodness. year. That Bad. was a shitty year. Yeah. Yep. I would, wow. yeah, I would not go through that year again. <laughs> and that was like, what year was that? 2000? It was 2015 when that all happened. Okay. So now you're... Six years later. Yeah. So tell me you're doing better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we rallied family. Uh, our, my mother, my in-laws got mm-hmm. us alone. Mm-hmm. And my parents just happened to have a lot of money that they could lend mm-hmm. us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we ended up buying another house that was on, I guess it wasn't foreclosure. It was someone mm-hmm. was making like the drug bath salts in the house and oh. they had, then their bath salts had killed some people. And there was like this police raid Whoa. and they, they, yeah, too. And they, they had removed the person from the house. And so we had basically bought that house Yeah, and it was unfinished. Mm-hmm. We had to tear up carpet and stuff like that. Yeah, We took down ceiling asbestos. We had to have like asbestos removed in it. And so mm-hmm. we were living in it. It didn't have heat. Wow. And this was one of the coldest winters 
that we could have. Damn. So within the time frame of us going through all of this, there was like two years had passed. And now we have three kids and a newborn and we're living in this house in winter. Oh, and man. I think the coldest it got was like 45 degrees, which is pretty cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We, and we were using uh, like the little uh, heater mm-hmm. to warm the areas up that we were staying in, which wasn't yeah. great on your electric bill. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. In this time frame, my husband, who's a corrections officer for federal prison, mm-hmm. had gotten the opportunity to move Mm-hmm. for a promotion and so we had we got a, a paid move sweet so by the end of that year we didn't actually have to go into where it was like the polar vortex and everything that was <laughs> yeah, that I was year say new york yeah. winters and it only got to 45 like you're yeah. lucky <laughs> yeah yeah so no and that was like the year be- that was going into when we had that polar vortex so we got mm. out just in time for that and we moved mm-hmm. all the way out to illinois <laughs> sweet yeah <laughs> like it was it was pretty bad but at least we had a heated house <laughs> yeah you know? mm-hmm. and that's where we are to, at now the yeah the foreclosure still is on our credit report mm. but as time goes by it kind of becomes less of an issue and then like you can note on your credit report what happened so when people go and look at it yeah it's hard to find avenues for litigation that we yeah. can afford. Mm-hmm. I have one one lawyer who can, but that means that I need to get off my butt and collect all those papers that bring up yeah. so many bad emotions. And that's probably why I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So I would love to go after them for at least the cost of the house and the removal of that from our credit report. Yeah. But there's a block there. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe like talking about it, like I said, maybe that'll kind of give you a little more power and yeah. like bring it back to you and be able to kind of, hey, you know what? Maybe I can look through this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got to grab them and, you know, get it going. So maybe I'll be able to do that. Yeah. I'll get off the phone and do it, right? No, no. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Dasha here now. <laughs> Hi, Dasha. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Good. Good. What you up to today? What you, she says, what you up to today? I'm going to play outside before it's going to be warm today. Yeah, nice day. Oh, cool. Yes. She, doesn't, she doesn't know that I'm going to teach her how to clean the bathroom today. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I teach my kiddos how to clean all the time. <laughs> yeah. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. Yep. She's she's high off of a dance she had last night for Taekwondo. Oh, yeah. oh fun. Yeah. Nice. So that was where when you had reached out to me, I'd said I'm not too sure how far we've overcome it. Yeah. But uh, you know, now we have our four kids. Well, uh, I don't know, from from an outsider's point of view. Well, it seems I got like... it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. I do it. I guess, yeah, it made me feel good that it did appear as though we were we yeah. were trucking our way on. And then that's probably just what life is about, just huge metaphor mm-hmm. for just keep pushing forward. Yeah. And, you know, within all this happening, I did go into really deep depression yeah. where, you know, I explained that, you know, it was really hard. I just had to focus on the bare minimum of taking care of my children. 
mm-hmm. feeding them and trying to be happy, but there's a lot of crying and just fear of, yeah. you know, where are we going to end up on the street? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get past this? Yeah. So it was nice that I, we did have family who could pull through for us. Cause that's not something that everyone has. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And how could you not like go into a deep depression after all that? Like not only was your home taken away from you, but then your car mode of transportation, and then you're living in a house without any freaking heat in the dead of winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, that was probably the part where I started coming out of it. Cause I was like, you know, I'm just going to treat this like an adventure. Like we're out camping or something. Like yeah. we went to Yellowstone last summer and it just happened to be the first night where it was going to get freezing and it did get down to 31 degrees. So it's just, you know, in in that moment, I just had to start treating it like a big adventure Mm -hmm. and know that we would get, we would get past it. Yeah. But I mean, so like now you're living in a home and it it looks like a beautiful home. You have a beautiful yard for your kids to play with or play in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it has, just what we need. Yeah. yeah. And you're able to do that because of your husband's job? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Not all of it is a paid move, but that just kind of was what popped up at the time. So serendipity, someone, you know, some outer <laughs> outer forces looking after us. I'm not sure what it is anymore, but yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get you we'll get you out of this before it gets to thirty degrees below. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yes, God. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> I know. As we're talking, I'm like bundling up. We're in Texas right now, and it's sixty degrees, but it's cold for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like snuggled up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. What do you think was the most like frustrating or difficult? The most difficult or most frustrating part of the whole situation? The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that you're doing everything right mm-hmm. and still the bad stuff happening. Yeah. Like, you know, it felt like those scales were really tipped against you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, having a family and not knowing whether or not you could put a house over their head. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like that lack of control and not, not knowing is terrifying. Yes. And I like control. (laughs) I like control over my life, you know? Yeah. Maybe there are some people who could look at it. There's like, you know, there are people out there who have that mentality. They could look at it more positively, but I was not that person. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in the moment too, like the most positive person in the world is still going to be negative at that point when your your yeah. home is being taken away from you and then like just everything after that just kind of snowballing but like it sounds like you guys are in a much better place now we are yeah yeah oh, I appreciate you reaching out and yeah you know, having me talk about it and had to do a little convincing <laughs> I I knew like when you first mentioned it, I knew it was still like pretty intense for you. Like it's like, like we said, that was only what, six years ago. So it's, it's still pretty new. It's still like that new wound, you know? Yeah. 
It is. <laughs> Would you say there's any silver lining from everything? I learned a lot. I learned, you know, about budgeting, about gaining assets further. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is being able to buy everything with cash only. Yeah. Yeah. And that leaves me out of needing the dependency of borrowing, which overall is probably just a healthier way to go. Yeah. You know, it seems impossible, but if you work hard at it, it's something mm-hmm. that, that can happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that that's a lesson for a, a lot of people, like, cause a lot of people rely on credit so much, mm-hmm. like, ourselves included, you know? Yeah. Like I know for me, especially when you marry someone who doesn't necessarily have the same views financially as you. Yeah. Like that's been hard for me particularly, but like, cause I've always been a saver and my husband's just a spender. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, like, it's just, it's just opposite. And like coming together just in that alone is difficult. Like combining like your, like, income and however that looks is intense and then like of course like buying a home like everything is added to it so it's like I don't yeah. know because we're we're talking about like being able to spend like just the cash and or buying everything with cash which is it's hard to do like just on your own let alone like when you're working with someone else as well who doesn't necessarily see eye to eye mm-hmm. like and that's what like that's the difficulty for me. Yes. So. Yeah. And it, when you go into that partnership, that's like one of the biggest things that you have to mm-hmm. find that middle ground on because I'm the spender. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm the spender, I'm the one that will pay the bills that doesn't come out of his paycheck because yeah. that means that I get to see the money going down and I get to yeah. see how much is left, you know, like, right. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's really hard and, and I enjoy spending money and I like buying new stuff and I like buying stuff for other people. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so like I'm the spender and that was the other thing too about buying that house was Mm -hmm. uh, my husband Derek he loved motorcycles and he had Mm -hmm. a few he had some that were projects that he was working on he sold Mm -hmm. all of that and spent like the rest of his he had a rather large savings in order to get us that house Mm -hmm. you know so that, that was just like another little hit he lost his motorcycles and then they just took our house away from us we didn't even have the benefit of reselling Mm -hmm. and trying to get any of it back right yeah they just snatched it from you which is so terrible and it just sounds like you know what they're like and they got away with it just because they're this big company yeah 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 and i and i will still every once in a while go like and kind of harass them over it because <laughs> I'm like part of me is like I'm not gonna let you guys live this down yeah <laughs> if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm feeling you know kind of spry mm-hmm. I'll go into it and then they'll send me a message saying well give us a call and we'll talk about it and then nothing really ever comes of it yeah of course no so. and they also like it's not Wells Fargo that technically forecloses on houses they mm-hmm. have what's what is not so affectionately referred to as foreclosure mills where mm-hmm. they'll have a group of lawyers who are, that's just their job is just to yeah. foreclose. And so like these things just come through and they just do it. So it's like one hand doesn't know what the other is doing anyway. Yeah. It's, it's the added depth of difficulty. That's so crazy. Yeah, I know. And I learned, I and mean, that was the other thing too, is I learned a lot about the process that I wouldn't have already, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. Why would I have known about it? 
it, yeah. I didn't go through all that. And mm-hmm. so like at the time you had two kids and now you have four, do you feel like your older kids have like, were they aware of the changes? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to keep that from them. And Oh, for sure. We're, we do believe in letting them in mm-hmm. on certain things about us, you know, mm-hmm. some things are adults, obviously, because when I was growing up, we were not at all told anything about my parents' finances, mm-hmm. but uh, they know some things about it and that money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> and, sure, you know, right. if we don't have enough to go and do something, then we have to tell them that. And it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. It doesn't make us wrong or bad or anything it's just the way life goes so you see ebb and flows sometimes the money is a lot and sometimes it's not a lot yeah yeah so like they went through a lot of the anxiety and my oldest who is very in tune Mm -hmm. with things and if I was crying about it then you know she wanted to know what was going on yeah so uh yeah we try not to yeah, we don't want them to be anxious about adult stuff, but sometimes they just kind of are gonna know. Yeah, and you you can't hide it if, like you said, if you're like crying, and you also, yeah. as a parent, you want them to see that you're crying and see that like you're getting it out or you're dealing yeah. with it, and yeah. you're also like trying to move on from it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, how do you feel now about it? Oh, I mean, I'm angry at Wells Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, it just kind of exists there in the moment and anymore for me trying to live in the moment because if you're living in the past, then yeah, that's depression. If you're worried about your future, that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you are living in your present, then you're kind of even keel. Yeah. It doesn't loom. It's not a big, scary thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could probably do a little bit of laughing about the entire situation <laughs> yeah. about, you know, some parts of it, but yeah, yeah it's just, it's just kind of there. You know, yeah. I should probably do something to see if I can recover from that and not let them get away with it. Right. Well, hopefully you can get that strength to fight it. Yeah. Make them, uh, accountable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like it's it's a huge feat to make such a large company like Wells Fargo to be accountable for it. Yeah. Have you heard that like it's happened to other people? Yep. There was a group that I got into. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. And a lot of the um, foreclosures that we are seeing are really not fair ones hmm. just in general. And it's just a bank taking advantage of a vulnerable homeowner. To try and, and get their money back faster because what you're gonna wait 30 years or are you gonna yeah not wait 30 years and get a, a lot more than you know you might as if like if I just sold the house now you mm-hmm. know so yeah and where are they going to be in 30 years you know maybe Wells Fargo won't even exist yeah it changed my view of foreclosures mm-hmm. on people because you know of course it was like oh you did a bad thing you didn't pay your mortgage. Mm-hmm. That might not be the case, but then also people go through hardships. Mm-hmm. Should they just have their house taken away from them because right. of it? Um, and of course, there are people out there who just don't want to pay the mortgage and that's whatever. 
Yeah, um, that's different. Yeah, that's, uh, that so, is not what you guys did. Yeah, but yeah, like I think going forward, like if I'm talking to someone about it, I encourage them to not become a slave to that yeah. lending and borrowing process. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of raised to think that that's the normal way that we go about life. That's adulting is getting a right. loan. But uh, if you can start small, you know you get like a fixer upper house that you can pay cash on and you can fix a house up over time and sell mm-hmm. it. And now you've got the equity that you've earned off the house and you've got the added value of the house that you've retained and you put that towards something different. You just kind of slowly build up. It's the same with cars. You don't yeah. need the newest car out mm-hmm. there. You can go out and you can get a banger, something that maybe won't make it a year mm-hmm. and then save money and get another car. And then hopefully that car is one that you can trade in and put that towards an even better car. So like, mm-hmm. I, that's one of the biggest things that I try to promote for other people. Yeah. That whole idea just makes me think of like, I think there's a story about a guy who started on Craigslist with like a penny or something or like a paperclip and traded it for like something huge. Like, yes. It's doable. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it takes a lot more work and you're not going to have the nicest things right. at first, you know, uh, living mm-hmm. within your means. That's another big lesson. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was learned. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, credit makes it so you can live much bigger. Have oh, some yeah. Pretty fantastic things. But now you've got mm-hmm. stuff that you got to pay off that you couldn't afford to begin with. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you're just house poor. So you're just paying this large mortgage and can't do anything else can't live because you're a slave to your loan yeah so I think you basically answered this but is there any like advice for any families out there who are considering like buying their first home work on paying in cash yeah that's a big thing I understand if you are going to get a mortgage Try with like a local credit union or something. Ask them if they utilize uh, MERS or if they make a practice of transferring loans and try Mm -hmm. to avoid doing that. That in general is questionably ethical. Yeah. Because even in a lot of of states, MERS can just foreclose on a house once it's there. That's so crazy. Yeah, some some states it's banned. So like, yeah, that's always my biggest thing. Is if if you're going to use a mortgage or a loan, try to avoid anyone who's going to transfer your loan. Hmm. Interesting. So, and you think that that happened with you just because you worked with like a mortgage broker to begin with? Yeah, I mean that specific mortgage bro- broker, which was a local one. Mm-hmm did transfer and it was within the contract that they might do it but I, I hadn't thought anything of it I thought this is just normal what happens mm-hmm. uh and they can't stop it because you've already signed the contract saying that you allow it so like if you were to go to just a credit union within your your mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. uh and you could ask them hey do you transfer loans do you utilize MERS yeah Hopefully the person can tell you. <laughs> yeah. If they if they can't tell you, you know, keep asking because I mean that's just that's just the biggest thing. It's mm-hmm. there's no accountability. Yeah. In them doing it. That's insane. And like so right now I'm thinking I'm like shoot, I need to look look cuz we use 
we, we bought a house in October of 2019 mm-hmm. and we use a bigger lending company. Mm-hmm. And because my husband worked, well, worked, worked at the time for like Charles Schwab, which is a big financial company. They offered like a discount with one of the mortgage companies and it's like Quicken Loans. It's just like, it's a huge company, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rocket Mortgage with Quicken Loans. And it's like, well, crap. Now I'm like, shoot, maybe I should look into this, make sure they're not going to transfer it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely look into it. If Mm-hmm. You have one and you're, you're concerned about it, mm-hmm. then you can always try and refinance with someone else. Yeah. It's, and refinancing isn't always the most uh, financially sound way to go. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, now when rates are super low with mortgages. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> yeah. It might be a good option. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, if you have it, try and pay the house off quicker or, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, we, we actually like a financial decision for us was like, we have it automatically debited from our account, but we pay it biweekly. So like every two weeks and it's not necessarily two times a month. So we're actually like paying ahead that way. Yeah. That's a really good idea. That's how I prefer to pay most things. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, cause I was looking, I'm like, wow, our April, um, part of, cause like we pay it like half of it every two weeks. So our April payment was going towards June. I was like, wow. Okay. Like we can't afford to like pay like double the amount or whatever, yeah. switch it to like a 15 year mortgage. So maybe this will help us pay it off quicker. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's always a really great way to do it. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I just kind of went off on a little tangent, but no, uh, that's fine. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I know it's not easy finding time with four kiddos to <laughs> to escape and chat. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And one thing I like to ask all of my guests is, what do you do for self-care? Uh, well, right now, I've been knitting and crocheting. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm a creator. So if you're a creator and you're mm-hmm. not sure what to do for self-care... Find ways to create. Yes. Yeah. And I ask all of my guests that and not one of them have stated that. I think that's awesome. And that's one of the reasons why I ask because a lot of people don't know what they can do for self-care. Mm-hmm. And me personally, like this is my self-care. Like I love doing this. Yes. Yeah. No, I've listened to some of your podcasts and they're so much fun. Oh, you're you're doing you. a really great job. Thanks. I try. I try yeah. to make it interesting, but I mean, you just never know. Yeah. But like being creative is definitely an outlet for me. So, so I appreciate that you stated that. That's cool. And, and also I've seen some of your knitting creations and they are amazing. And I think you should be selling them. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, I'm working on building up enough. And sometimes people ask me to do something for them. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. some of the stuff you see too. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Like, Thank you. Like some of the stuff I've seen, I'm like, holy shit. Like, do you follow patterns or like, are you like starting to just make them up on your own now? Or like, what is? Um, Well, I have been following patterns. I have a lot of pattern makers that Mm -hmm. are fantastic at it. And I thought that creating my own pattern Mm -hmm. was something that I could never really wrap my head around, but I've been doing it more often now. So I think it probably is just one of those things that slowly builds. Yeah. 
as you go. So yeah, I've been doing that now. So I'm hoping I can get to that point because that would be a really cool, cool way. I mean, I'm 40 and, mm-hmm. you know, there's this, this, I guess, misnomer or something that you, you somehow cap in learning mm-hmm. and it's just not true. You just keep learning, constantly seeking mm-hmm. knowledge and stuff. So it's like, I might eventually be a pattern maker. <laughs> That's awesome. We will see. <laughs> Well, do you mind if I read like your picture that's like showing on the screen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, like this, I feel like it like speaks to this 100%. So Mm -hmm. like instead of like showing the video, Gina has a picture and it says free thinker, research mandatory, quest on everything. Yes. What a positive way to basically end this episode because like one, you had like this terrible experience. And you were talking about how like, you know, you like initially you were depressed from it and now you're moving forward and like, you're just in this, like you're moving into the positive future. Like you said, like you're living in the present and you're moving forward. And I think it's great that like so far you've come in just six years. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's the worst that we see because anything that comes up now hasn't nearly touched that and it's so much easier to get through you just like all right just a hurdle (laughs) let's just jump over it so hopefully that's the worst that I see yeah well and I know we we talked about a little bit but you said like um you're not sure like what's out there like as far as like uh god or whatever yeah I agree like I feel like whatever that's side note but I think yeah. that we're only given like what we can handle and girl, you can handle a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's probably why we still connect because. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've always had that. We've always had that. You know, I really appreciate. Yeah. I've always appreciated you. You're just yes. one of those people that you want to gravitate towards because you're just, you're very positive and uplifting and you're a ray of light, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I see in you right now. Like nothing (laughs) can take you down because I'm going to guess that you weren't knitting during that crappy time in your life. And now you create, (laughs) there's no creating other than children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what you said. You focused on taking care of your kids and now you are, not only like creating children, but you're creating memories, you're creating creations, you are flourishing and growing. And I love mm-hmm. to see that in you. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Otterly Mama and sharing your story. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. And I feel like other moms listening will be able to take a lot from this and to be able to, if nothing else, look at their mortgage and what that looks like. And yeah, hopefully not be in the same situation that you were in hopefully yeah i mean i send my love to you and your family i send my love to anyone mm-hmm. out there if you're having a hardship um i mean i hope i can send my positivity to you to help you get through that yeah i don't know if this pertains to you but if people would like to connect with you where can people find you yeah you can find me on facebook and instagram as uh G- gina Shellhammer. <laughs> gina Shellhammer. My my daughter says TikTok, but I mean, 
That's, that's kind of a flop for me, so I don't suggest TikTok. Like, all they made videos on TikTok. Yeah. So I can see them. Mm-hmm. Like, the yeah. one where you said, put your hand out in front of your baby. And then, they do this. Oh. And then, it goes, I always loved you. <laughs> yes, that is true. It was, we do love Jago. So, yeah, uh, Facebook and Instagram are okay. uh, probably the best places to reach I out. I pretty much do Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, I know you're a busy mama. Thank you yep. so much. I'm checking out my I'll see you on social feeds. <laughs> okay, Emily. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. We're ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Like what you heard? Yes, I did just stoop that low. But regardless of how cute she is, if you like what you heard, connect with me on my social feeds or subscribe. Thank you. Oh, and don't forget to tag me so I can personally thank you. See you next episode.